0: You're listening to the Burst Ball Podcast.
1: Burst Ball, talking up the Scottish game.
0: Hello, you're listening to the Burst Boss Scottish Football Podcast number 137. I'm Andrew Gamba and here to look back at all the weekend's action, back is Lewis Kemp. How are you Gamba? I'm doing fine, how are you? Out of the hot seat, you've now got a kind of free roaming role in the midfield to do whatever you want in this podcast.
2: Yeah, everyone knows I'm best in this uh, free, free role, I think.
1: Back? I, I
2: don't like structure.
1: <laughs> back is Tom McKinnon. Pleasure to be back once
0: again. And I'm back. Our special guest, Russell Amber Crombie. How are you, Russell?
3: Uh, thanks very much for having me. Although to be fair, I'm only here because he's got a much better range for Tinder than mine <laughs> than Comarmac. So aye, uh, I've exhausted Comarnock, So I'm here to to go through the lassies of here <laughs> and Can, discuss scotch football. Uh,
0: what, what more do you need in life?
2: <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah. Um, aye. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, I'm I'm already struggling for links and this is the first game I'm coming to. Anyway, we'll just, we'll just go straight to Dundee. We'll just go to straight to Dundee. Um, they they are 2-1 loss to Celtic. Uh, Celtic are now... Are they three points away from the title? Because this is what I've been trying to figure out. People have been saying, oh yeah, they're, th- they're a win away from the title, but is it not a similar thing to what happened last time where if they win the league, it's basically won because of the goal difference? Or is it just three points from the title? Uh,
2: I'm not really sure, is it? I, I, I've actually no idea. I'm not really looked into it. Um, they're, a away, they're a win away from the title. Yeah,
0: they are Sorry. a win away from the title. Yeah, okay. okay, cool. We'll just go with a win away from the title. Um, <laughs> yes, this is as a result of them winning 2-1. Simeon and Stuart Armstrong scoring for Celtic. Elbak um, Turi going for Dundee. Uh, Lewis, your kind of assessment of the game, Celtic looked okay, so did Dundee.
2: Yeah, I thought we were... We kind of showed... A lot of kind of similar signs to the way we've been playing in the last the pre- previous two games against Rangers and St Mirren, and that it was at times quite lacklustre, quite flat. Um, I thought, you know, I mean, I mean in terms of this, uh, the changes made before the game, uh, bringing in Samiunovic, bringing in McGregor, I thought that was a kind of logical, kind of logical thing to do. Um, and I think, I think, you know, Saminovich again. Uh, was was excellent throughout I thought, you know, didn't didn't really put a foot wrong and obviously got the goal for us. Um it was a wee bit nervy towards the end. You saw Dembele, you know, try and uh, kinda take the cock down and mm. you know, go in the corner and stuff. Um but, you know, it's it's interesting, but I think there's you know there's been a lot of stuff said about the whole unbeaten thing, but I th- now I think it's almost kinda crunch time and the pressure's almost you know, it's almost kinda of dawning on a lot of kinda of players that you know, even if we win the title here we still have to go the season unbeaten. There's a lot of pressure on them uh, now and yeah. um, I mean I under the
0: uh, the last last title win under Dialot it was kinda of in the bag and then yeah. that was it, that was the season over because we we're out of the Scottish Cup and things like that. Whereas this season it's a case of like, yeah, you've
2: won the league but But, but wait, there's, <laughs> there's no chance you can lose a game, but like, you can't lose a game like no, not now. Yeah, we're point
0: they're, they're too, we've, we've kind of spoken about this before, haven't we? They're they're far too far down the road simply not to for them to lose a game and not really matter now. Like it's so it's so strange. Like they're on the verge of just winning the league and then that should be you set. But no,
2: I, I don't know. I might I might sound a wee bit because obviously um, we've got a and the United fan here, and this is us complaining about oh well, it's pressure on us, and so we might not go on the in, But like there's still a massive pressure there yeah. in terms of the players like if they if it doesn't work out for them there will be I mean I definitely don't want to be, have anything to do with the, the, the game in which they do eventually lose <laughs> whether it's this season or or next I, I or whatever yeah.
3: if Celtic had lost to Aberdeen say at the start of the season yeah. and just lost one game they wouldn't obviously this chat wouldn't be here yeah. and there wouldn't be that the added pressure but I guess it's kind of a good thing, because if you had wrapped the league up, which is it basically is just now, you'd be going into the games with nothing to play for. For the fans, from a fan's perspective, it should surely be something or you've actually got something to focus on. Because if you had the league wrapped up, which it, it say basically is, you'd be going into every game, and obviously Celtic fans will turn up for every game because they always do, but you'd have nothing to play for, you'd have nothing to get enthused about. And actually, that was something that was confused me a little bit, watching the game on, on Sunday, just didn't see much of a reaction from the Celtic fans when the goal went in. Not as much as you'd normally expect it to be.
2: Yeah, I think just in terms of you know, the fans, it's almost like you're so used to winning that you're kind of expecting the goals coming in type thing. I'm not really sure, but it's... I don't know. I think the pressure's definitely on the players and I think they, they might start to feel it now. In terms of the fans, I think... Next couple of games, then it will start kicking. I think once the league's done, I think then it will start to yeah. dawn on the fans that hey, listen, this could be a real historic season, we need to get behind the team. Something really thing. special. Yeah.
0: Um, I, I suppose we probably should We should definitely talk about um, Dundee showing in, in the game. Uh, I th- one of these good footballing cliches is 2 0 is one of the hardest leads to defend. And I think you kind of saw that when Celtic went 2 nothing up. They really took their foot off the gas in the game. And back to his goal was. I mean, it was, it was some 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 great. I mean, it was really special. Um, we've we've spoke about Dundee before, Tom, and the kind of the push for top six. Do you think the kind of showings in games against Celtic they could do this, or do you think with the way other results have
1: gone that this may be out of reach for them now? It would have helped if back to could do that a bit more regularly. Mm. Um, a three
0: a third goal this season. Yeah, they scored what? How Christ knows how many thirty they, last yeah. season
1: for Dunfermline? Um, I think they've probably been the best team against Celtic this season consistently. Um, so, I just worry that because they do change their plan for Celtic sitting back. I just think if they could do that with the added, added attacking edge, they could be challenging not even top six, but St Johnson, even Hearts, or Hearts, and even St Johnson.
0: It is a kind of thing for a lot of those teams that are kind of just below the kind of top five. In case, if they just had a wee bit more consistency, they would definitely be up there. I and mean, Dundee's one of those teams you, you certainly look at and, and think that about. Um, yes, yeah, so the result sees Dundee 8th, thirty first. 1st. Um, in 2nd in the league is Aberdeen. Um, they won 2-0 against Hearts the early kick on Saturday. Uh, Logan's going in the 1st half, Johnny Hayes scoring what's going to be one of the easiest goals of his career in the 2nd half. Um, another really good performance from Aberdeen, I thought, um, 9 wins in a row at home. Um, they've equaled the Ferguson team from '86. And they could break it, but they've got to wait till after the the Aberdeen. Uh, sorry, the the, <laughs> the internationals. Um, I mean, just very very professional from Aberdeen. It never, um, apart from the first kind of opening
2: moments, or hearts going at them, it never really looked in doubt. did it? I think if anything, it wasn't even professional. It was just easy for them. Yeah. They didn't have to get out of, out of second gear and. Um, Really, just the contrast of this Hearts team to the team at the start of the year that, you know, were kind of bullied you almost and had this uh, reputation of being physical and really hard to beat. And, you know, the the contrast now, I mean, it was a complete walkover for Aberdeen. They just
3: lack fight. The whole team lacks fight. And Mm. it pains me to say that a lot of the pundits might be right when they were saying about the the signings they brought in. Now, I don't necessarily agree with the way that a lot of the pundits were going down especially Alan Preston, where he was saying that it's all down to the fact they're foreign. You can have foreign players that fight and what know what it means to play for the jersey. What you need to do is you need to make sure that those players understand what it means to play for Hartman and Lothian when they sign. For example, Manuel Pascali, bring it back to Kilmarnock as I'll tend to do, when he signed for Kilmarnock, he made a point of going and finding all about Kilmarnock's history, finding out about ex-players, finding out what it meant. He when he signed for us he got injured I think it was actually a red card early on in the season and uh, he went in a away game with Comarment fans to see what it meant to you know be a part of that club and from that point on whilst I didn't think he was the greatest player we've had he, he gave that passion so it's nothing to do with necessarily being foreign i say it's probably more to do with they're not being told when they come into Hearts what it means to play for Hearts now a Hearts fan will accept a player being average or being middling if they give 110%, that's just the nature of what well, it is ca- to play at Tynecastle. And um, I don't think any of these players necessarily do that. And um, there's clearly talented players there. And there's, a, there's actually a lot of talented players that they've brought in, but they just don't seem to, to understand necessarily what it means to play for Hearts and play in
2: the Scottish Premiership where you're not going to get time on the ball. See just in your point about the turnover of players, um, I was kind of scouring the forums, and apparently um, thirty-two players have played for Hearts this season across all competitions. You think of thirty-two players, that you know that is a that's a lot of players in one season. Yeah. You think of Aberdeen,
0: well, that's two teams in a bench for each of them, basically. Yeah, that's
2: pretty much. I mean, I mean Aberdeen, what would theirs be probably half that or something? Sixteen. Yeah. I think that, sh- that tells you everything, Aberdeen have this real settled team, whereas Hearts it's, they're given a couple of months to settle and then they're out of the team and it's, it has been a somewhat of a, of a disaster and it's weird you saying that about Hearts because we were praising them at the start of the year for their transfer policy saying or oh, even Celtic could take a, um, a leaf out of their book in terms of you know signing the strikers and sign, having a good track record of signing the strikers, but um you know, this season just it's not worked out for them. Um Tim Calves is probably the best striker. He, he of has, the, but the issue th- is he season. was completely isolated on on <laughs> on Saturday. I mean we the saw it. Sports... We even saw it though. You feel sorry for him, you really yeah, do man. Like he, he there was so much space between him and the rest of the players. The rest of the players were almost behind the 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 centre circle and he was kinda almost near the box. <laughs> like there was just absolutely no support for him whatsoever. Um, so I don't know what the issue is. And obviously, we'll go on to talk about the whole Cathro thing. Well, I was going to uh, say, aye, the,
0: the, the, uh, I, I would not say that uh, Levine had the solution to the, the issue because when he handed down that note, when you know John this, when he, hit, right, aye, when he hands down John Daly with the note, they, they got worse. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they looked, they looked okay in the first half. They weren't great, but I thought they looked okay in the first half. And if they were going to get anything out of that game, it was that opening twenty minutes when they looked fairly decent Nicholson had the two good chances the second half was just just shocking how do we, know that...
3: How do we know that the note was to do of the game though It could have just been him like questioning what they're going to have for their team the way back the could it have just been like scotch, sausage stuff question, it's question scotch, mark scotch pie a ball And Catherine just nods back up to the stand <laughs> <laughs> We thumbs up and uh, no but um Hearts fans though I already. It's like this is, this isn't a new thing. Like when Nielsen took over, like there was a large percentage of Hearts fans that just never took them, no matter what he did. Despite that season in the Championship where they came up with was it a record point tally? I think it was. I could, yeah. I and
2: then he, came, if it was.
3: he took us up, and they took us. <laughs> Hello. Did that slip <laughs> out? Of me? Been having Gary Locke as my manager for, for a period. Uh, no, they had planes over when he took them into the top six, and. It seems to be the same with Cathro. It seems a bit there's a percentage of Hearts fans that have just, as soon as the appointment was made, they just didn't buy into it. And no matter what happens, they're not going to change their opinion. They're just going to find reasons. When Cathro wins, they'll be like, oh, yeah, well, Hamilton, we rubbish. And when they lose, they're just going to go, I told you. And it, I just, I think Hearts Hearts seem to be quite bad for that. And, you know, you just need to give, give the guy time. Like, no matter what happens this season, they're going to be in the top six you've just got to give the guy time to bed in his ideas to the players get these players maybe more focused in as I was saying about what it play, means to play for Hearts, give them time to bed into the Scottish game because it's not easy to come from abroad and just come because the Scottish game is different, whatever we say I, I personally love it, I'm sure we all love it here but it's slightly different
2: well, in terms of the pace like <laughs> Exactly, you're not, not going to get time in the ball at the ball,
3: right? all so it's yeah, you, aren't here to,
0: you aren't here to play football. <laughs> yeah, if,
3: you're, if you are going to play football, you are going to have to be absolutely exceptional to do mm. that. And what they just need to do is just need to give them time and let the players bed in and see what they can do next season.
0: Do you think? It, do you think it's? Um, we'll, we'll kind of talk about this later yeah. on when we come on to St. Johnson But do you think it is imperative that they finish top four?
2: Yes, I think with. I think just in terms of fans' expectations, it is imperative that they. Finish top four. I I go along with what Russell was saying. Um, I do think Hearts fans at times seem a wee bit entitled, especially with what's happened over the last you know two and a half three years. Um, however, there's also the aspect of you know yeah, there's a lot of Hearts fans saying uh, some sensible stuff in regards to it. Um, but there's also a, a lot of it is maybe media as well. It's, there's been a lot of kind of media scrutiny on Cathro. We all know about the. Chris Boyd thing and I think a lot of people are kind of almost taking delight Keith Jackson whatever, and, and the fact Alec that well. Preston and pres, mm-hmm. pres, mm-hmm. I and that mm-hmm. they might turn out right in this situation and I really hope hope Cathro turns it around and they aren't right because it would you know Scottish football kind of needs a bit of a shot up the arm and uh, I think um, Cathro brings with him a lot of good ideas it's just a shame that for whatever reason it's just not really panned out so far the thing that I think it's interesting with
3: regards to this. Uh, if the Cathro appointment doesn't work out for whatever reason, people won't look at it as that Cathro is the wrong person. They'll look at it as in having a non-Scottish yeah. football person's the wrong mm-hmm. thing. It's like what happened with Bertie Volkes when he was a Scotland manager. People don't go, oh, I bet was the wrong man for Scotland at that point in time, or he didn't didn't achieve what he was meant to do. They'll go, oh, he can't have a foreigner in charge of Scotland. Well, that's not necessarily not true, because somebody could come in and do a good job and if Cathro, for whatever reason, if it doesn't work out, people—that's exactly what people will say. Go, oh, you've no experience. You can't have a guy like that. We need a guy need, of experience. You need, you need Jim Jimmy Jeffries Calderwood. Like that. uh, <laughs> that's and that's not good for the game. That because you need to have you need to be have teams and a uh, chairman who are willing to look outside the box. If Cathro doesn't work out, I don't think Hearts will. I don't think they'll buck to that kind of pressure. I think they'll continue to go down the line that they're going. But they will take a, a hammer in from the media because they what well, they are already. And if the Castro appointment doesn't work out, it's it's only gonna get worse.
0: Just turning briefly to Aberdeen, uh, this this record that they've they've equaled, um, I mean an incredible I mean an incredible achievement. Nine home wins in a row is fantastic. Do you think this is this is kind of similar to the whole Celtic thing? where well, this maybe's been overshadowed by the fact they're so far behind Celtic. Um because I mean I was we we're talking to we're talking to Van Crombie about this, and I think he said, "I think he said this is one of the best Aberdeen teams he's seen in his lifetime." And
2: Probably do you think maybe is.
0: do you think you know do you think this has been slightly overshadowed by the fact that Celtic have run away with it? How how good they've been this season?
1: Yeah, I would say that. It, not up in Aberdeen, it's not, mm. but you can understand why it's not getting the coverage purely because it, it's a good record, but it's not quite as good as Celtic's. But um, they they should break it. Who? Have they got next? I think it's Motherwell. Motherwell, yeah. No, is, Motherwell's yeah. Rangers, Sorry, no, yeah, Exeter. Sorry, yes. Exeter's Callie Thistle oh, Yeah, yeah. That's
3: they've got. They're quite a bogey team for them. Mm-hmm. So, but I, he'd, I'd imagine they would they win that. Can we just say before we move on from this game, just talk about uh, Leonard? So defending for that, uh, <laughs> that <goal. laughs> I know they highlighted it on sports scene, but it's. Uh,
0: He just has no clue. Like, none
3: whatsoever what's going on. How bad must Drew and Oshiniwa be to not get anywhere near that Hearts team when Leonard Sowa Mm. is Leonard Sowa? Like, that is just... He doesn't even look over his shoulder. Like, that's the first thing you do as a defender and you just glance over your shoulder, see where the opposition players are. He just...
0: Even when the ball's uh, coming in, he doesn't go towards it or anything. It's... it's I I mean, obviously, we should... No, the Avalonitas thing like that was just... That was just, just horrendous. That, that can happen. That can happen. That, you're the, just standing watching the ball come into the middle of
3: the section, folks. I think when you're saying talk about Aberdeen as well, Shinny and McLean, I think they were both phenomenal. Nah. Um, <laughs> while we, while we, <laughs> do you think that uh, to ask a good question here, should they be in the Scotland squad? I, both I, of them.
2: I don't. Right. I don't see no reason why they shouldn't, given the whole Canada thing. If you're talking on paper, should they be in the Scotland squad? I think those guys probably just as good really and if it's me though and this is just me speaking i I watch a ton of scotch football i would i would have shinny in there every day of the week i'd have mclean in there for recent performances but i think he's been outstanding um however i don't watch the championships so maybe there's an aspect of i'm not watching that so i don't know but
3: if it's me if it's
2: me i would definitely have them in however and also i think if we're talking in a general terms i think the fact that we've playing this meaningless friendly against Canada I don't see any reason why we like shouldn't put McLean me. in or, or, or and just see how they do I'd, I'd definitely have McLean over Bannon every day of the week Bannon was the one I was going
3: to say because I was going to say who would you take out and yeah. Bannon's the name that jumps out to me anyway And but again like I say Lewis I'm the same as you I don't watch any English Championship, fairly any English Championship football so I don't know how these guys are playing only see the highlights on a Saturday night and these popping goals in from 40 yards and you're like oh okay this, this boy might be a player but you don't ever see him, I guess they're different types of player, but you don't ever see him for Barron, and especially in a Scotland jersey, I, uh, I don't see him
0: for I, I I find it interesting that John McGinn gets into the squad and Shinny doesn't. Now, I mean, there, there can obviously be reasons for that. the age of the guy, where
3: you think he'll go... How much of an age difference in the two? Is it maybe three it years? No, I, I, Sh- Shinny's can... only 25, isn't he? Shinny's only 25, So, uh, I mean, t- yes. I there's that much of a difference in age, so it shouldn't really
0: so like to me that is an interesting one that John McGinn's in there and-, and Shinny isn't because I think certainly Hibs probably would be much worse off if they didn't have John McGinn but I think you could make you could make the same argument about the impact that Shinny going out of that team would make for Aberdeen and surely if Aberdeen are the second best team in the country Shinny should be in there ahead See, of just McGinn. that
2: argument no, the second best team in the country argument. I get that but though look, I suppose you could argue Shinny's one of the better players but for, for me, the the players in that team that are Aberdeen's best players, Hayes, McGinn, Rooney, I think that's that's your key kind of guys. I know obviously Shinny, I'm a huge fan of, all of them, and I think he's he, he, without them they they would they would suffer big time. But um, you know, Aberdeen are one of these teams. There's not too many standout players. They're all this old kind of some of the parts type thing. Where, good
0: cohesive unit.
3: Kind yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> what I'd be really interested to know actually is. Because obviously
3: I'd really be interested in the press if Kenny McIntyre or one of the press up here would ask this kind of question because a couple of, well, maybe about two years ago, uh, Gordon Strachan actually brought in Chris Johnson, the command player, uh, well, at that point command player, into the, uh, into the Scotland squad for training. So he actually was, he wasn't called up to the squad. During the international break, he was brought up to the training. He did the training, and he integrated with the full squad. And he apparently does that quite regularly with players, so they can, so he can see how they interact with the players and give them that sort of taste of being sort of an international player. And it'd be interesting to see if Strachan's done that with somebody like um, Graham Shinney and or even Kenny McLean, and, and whether there's maybe been a reason why I he's then. Does fancy them? Yeah, he's maybe seen the way that because Strachan's all very. And about this, he likes this uh, to be a kind of club mentality, that he's got This the players who turn up every week, you look at Phil Bardsley for example, he's playing every week in the Premier League in England at right back, and we don't have a right back in the squad and he doesn't get in the game, he doesn't get you know, in the squad, so clearly it's and the same with Charlie Adam, he's playing mm. regularly in the English Premier League, so it's because Strachan doesn't maybe think he fits they fit in with that kind of club mentality, and I wonder if he's done that, way. he's seen Shinny and he's maybe had Kenny McLean, etc, up at the training and, and he's thought maybe for whatever reason they don't fit into the the squad it'd be really interesting to know if somebody would ask Strachan that and see if if that is something that's happened
0: an interesting one we will come we will come back to Scotland later on and um, we'll have another look at them um, someone who is in the Scotland squad is Lee Wallace who scored for Rangers in their 4-0 win against Hamilton uh, you had to have a name that began with H or W who scored in this game Hindman Hill Waghorn Wallace uh, a good start for Kishina. um uh from what I've seen it was fairly comprehensive for Rangers Um, obviously it follows on from that kind of 6-0 game uh, in the Scottish Cup but you're never going to turn down a 4-0 are you? Anyone? No?
3: No No. No, well um, it's difficult really to learn much from the game Uh, I've watched the majority of it back online Uh, somebody's put up the, the basically full Rangers TV stream of it and I've watched a lot of it back but it's it's kind of difficult to learn too much from it but the style of play is really different I think they highlighted it on sports scene again in terms of the pressing and stuff yeah they've totally gone four four two, Um and they're not scared to play the the, the ball long um, which in Scottish football could probably go quite a long way like you say uh, Lewis it's, they did press the ball a lot, a lot higher they've moved the ball a lot quicker as well they didn't play the ball back to Fodderingham's feet that was something I noticed as well. They didn't like normally the Rangers team. If they would go back and they played to Fodderingham, who had a terrible touch and he's he's uh, he's he, when he gave the ball out, it wasn't really great. But um, it's hard to tell if it's going to be a success or not. But it's definitely the style of play after one game when he didn't have that that long in charge of the team. There's been a massive sea change in the way they play, and it'll be really interesting to see how they go on from here and and next season under Kashinia to see if it's a. If this is something to continue,
0: yes, um, I, and I suppose you kind of one of the teams you'd want to kind of start off against are Hamilton because they were crap. <laughs> they
2: are crap. <laughs> yeah, not, they were really poor in this game. It's a weird one because you're thinking, right? We get Hamilton best more six 0 a couple of weeks ago. Right, this won't happen again. And then they play no, them four <laughs> nil. Well, yeah, that's an improvement. <laughs> You know, you know what I'm trying to say, I though, know, I know. No, no, no. You know, Hamilton fans will still be very down about that game. And, you know, in terms of some of the defending at times, um, I know we might go and talk about it, but certainly the, the Quint Hill one, <laughs> <laughs> the amount <laughs> of space he was afforded. Right? Um, it wasn't too different from the Old Firm game, though, because... Clint
3: Hill was able to ghost in at the back post. Well, true,
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean, Clint Hill, I he has this goal machine. Maybe it's three, three
3: and three for him now. Maybe, <laughs> maybe it's just nothing to do with Hamilton's defending. Maybe oh, the best team in the country can keep him out. So <laughs> it's uh, Maybe all of a sudden good. he's just, yeah. like Ryan Stevenson, should just be a goalkeeper. It should be uh, yeah. just stick Clint out. Hill's a forward. <laughs> stick him
0: at number nine. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, we also should kind of... I mean, what what was the sports information we thought that, that <laughs> Hamilton were playing was it a three 6 three six one. I think it
3: was Emmering Crawford up front. That's uh. what actually was actually happened, but uh, I don't know what sports scene were. Uh, it was great.
0: It it's like just one of those things when you've kind of got a, a meaningless end of season game on Football Manager, and you're just kind of like, I mean, two seven one. Why not? You know.
3: Like, <laughs> this is actually something that's uh, throughout the weekend. i will talk about it when we get to the Inverness game. But there was some crazy formations in the Premiership this season this uh, this weekend. The Inverness one being the worst of the lot, but I uh, say we'll go into that in a bit. But yeah, the I don't know, Hamilton are just a bad football team, aren't they? they not. <laughs> nah, it's, it's just <laughs> there's
2: like even at the start of the season, there was some decent performances, and you did hold, kind of hold out some hope for them mm-hmm. that they might turn it around. And you know, they have had some decent upsets this year, probably mostly, I guess, Aberdeen. Um, yeah. But I, I I just there's no signs there that this team are gonna are gonna fight back at the moment, Um, and I I, even if they were at this late stage to you know change manager, I don't I don't see that having much of an impact. The issue is they don't have a striker. They're the worst squad in the league. I think I think they probably do, yeah, which is quite harsh. But um, they've got some talented players within that squad. But in terms of the the whole unit, the whole eleven, I think it's, it's I'd probably go along with that.
0: Um, I well, you're saying the worst squad in the country. The result sees them bottom of the table now, um, because Inverness moved above them with their one each draw with Ross County. Uh, I think County they went one nothing down. They probably got what they deserved because they were denied a clear <laughs> penalty. The the the, <laughs> the the Clifford David Raven is just
2: outstanding. He just he's just like oh ref just. <laughs> Just gonna let it go. go and he. Sorry, Les. Was it no? Was it Warren or was it was it Raven that brought him down? It Raven, Raven. 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 Right. I his face. They, they zoomed in <laughs> on it in sports, and then that stupid <laughs> magnifying glass they have, and you saw his face, and he just had he was grinning from ear to ear as <laughs> soon as <laughs> he'd done it. Aye, um, it was just a bit bizarre, but um, yeah, clear penalty, and I think it's probably the least he deserved. Uh, from everyone else's point of view, they'll be quite disappointed because that's would have been a massive three points for them. Can I just say... Right. <laughs> Sorry, I watch.
3: <laughs> this game is crazy. Right, Inverness are... I have a, I have a lot of time for Richie and I like the way he comes across. I think he, um, especially in the media, he comes across as if he, he doesn't accept any nonsense. But that formation, for a Derby game against a absolutely and ho- Ross County team, they played a back five, and now this isn't a back five of three centre backs and two marauding full backs I've got the team Kyle Tremarco who was didn't go forward at all they had Raven at right back who doesn't go forward very often McCart, Warren and Lang and then they had a midfield three which was uh, Vigers a little bit forward and then Draper and Tansy. that's the most <laughs> defensive that's like you're going up against Celtic that is <laughs> and you're going in a home game against basically Billy McKay and Anya were up front basically in the fucking Maury Firth. They were that far away from the rest of the bloody defence. It was an absolute shambles. And if they had, I genuinely think, if they had went out with a proper formation and went and tried to attack Ross County, who Kelly beat them last weekend, for Christ's sake, like, like go out and try and attack them. I think Inverness would have had three points and brought Ross County far, further into the mile and have. And I think that was a, a mistake by Richie Forn, and it's cost them two points in that game.
0: So you don't think this was like a, Caled- like a, a Caledonian ca- catenaccio style of play, just go one 0 up, up and then just hold on to it for the whole game? No, I <laughs> think
3: Richie Forn's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so I, that, I just think that was a, I think that was a really, really, a really, really strange way to go about, especially in a derby game at home against a team who have been a really bad run of form. It just doesn't make much sense to me to try and eke out a. I guess they were trying to eke out a one nil win, mm. and almost did. They almost, yeah, you're right. They almost <laughs> did, but they're saying they should have given mm. away a penalty. But it's a. Ah, it's a doesn't really ring true
1: for me. The formation that they're playing on Saturday was worryingly similar to United's last season. <laughs> under Pat Line in the back five. What, with <laughs> the same strikers? Is that... A... Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh dear. Same two up front. <laughs> oh yeah. I, can, I can kind of see the kind of Vietnam War flashbacks in Tom's <laughs> eyes there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's, right. Tom's just went under the table. He's, he's cowering and shaking
3: <laughs> in the corner. Try to find my safe
1: space.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... I, I suppose it's a... It's, uh, it's maybe not as good a result as Callie Thistle would have wanted. It the sees them go off the top sorry, off the bottom of the table <laughs> <laughs> off the top of the table uh, sorry, it sees come off the bottom of the table Um what do we think for, for each team? Do you think this is a, a point they would take or do you think this is a big opportunity missed for both of them?
1: I think uh, before the game if you'd offered them both a point they probably would have taken it but once they made first I think they'd both be disappointed with that mm. point given the we Co- uh, Inverness lost it, and County should have had a penalty.
3: Yeah, um, Inverness definitely. It's two points drop for Inverness because, as I say, they should have, they should have uh, had enough to to beat this Ross County team. If I actually think Inverness will get more about them than Ross County. Um, it's interesting that Chris Buck. Remember they signed Chris Buck. Uh, he was on trial at Comarnock, um and supposedly we offered him two thousand pound a week to make him our highest paid player and he rejected it because Ross County were offering him more money. Jesus. And he's been out since October with an illness, an unspecified illness. I remember he was at Rangers, he had an unspecified illness, and he was out mm-hmm. for about a year. So it's really interesting to see, you know, how much, I wonder how much they've given him to go up there, and, you know, he's he's not been able to feature.
0: That's an interesting one. Um, I Yes, right, we'll, we'll, we will move on. We will move on to Kilmarnock, oh. and they're, they're all <laughs> worth with Thistle um, before before we go to Russell on this Lewis Thomas Cherney one of the best goalkeepers uh, in the league
2: it <laughs> broke my heart when, when when this happened like and for it to happen against Kilmarnock as well I can just see I don't know if Kilmarnock well, wasn't in the game I don't think no he was was he? Yeah, alright ok it. well I can just see him at the time saying I'm a ball I like so much but I, I <laughs> like I, I could see it at the time and yeah it was it was a mistake, but everyone has them. Everyone has a has a bad day, so we'll we'll, we'll let him <laughs> off with that one.
0: So you're right, and Cherny, like that's not your bad day. Thinking that he's one of the best uh, goalkeepers, uh,
2: well, <laughs> nobody's perfect. Everyone has a has a has a wee mistake in them, and that's cherny's one mistake in for his whole career. That's
0: Russell, it. I will I will talk to you now. Um, <laughs> what are you going to do? I thought from what I've seen, this looked like a decent showing from Kamarnock and it showed a kind of different side of him. They looked more attacking from what I've seen from the highlights, have, have I just been shown propaganda? or?
3: Yes, you've seen the BBC propaganda trying to make Kwanek, it's to try and get Lee McCulloch the job. Uh, he's, he's friends in the BBC have tried to get it. No, um, The first half, we'd, well, maybe the first 35-40 minutes, Kwanek were excellent. We uh, we played a really high tempo, close Patrick Thistle down, didn't give them any time in the ball. We played with Salmon and Jones out wide with McKenzie and behind Chris Boyd. Boyd was linking up play. Um, we looked really dangerous as we have done under Lee McCullough from set pieces. Um, we've got this new conga line routine that we're doing, where like six players are in a sort of line, all hugging each other outside the box. The corner gets swung in, and they all separate to go to different areas of the box. And we actually had three really good chances in this game that came from it. Uh, Scott Boyd got a couple of free headers, and
2: they actually made the point in Sportsnet you know, about this, how Thistle. Can kind I of go with a kind of man marking, and it completely,
3: you know, same happened with Motherwell. We get two clear uh, clear headers, and we got one against Ross County as well. So this is something clearly that Lee Clark, uh, Lee Clark, sorry, Lee McCulloch has been working on, because this never mm-hmm. happened under Lee Clark, and um, it's definitely something. It, if we can actually get a better better delivery, it's the delivery more than the because uh, we don't really have we Stevie Smith out the out the team. We don't really have anybody who can you know whip a good delivery into the box. We did that a couple of times. Got a few good chances, i will say, with Stevie Smith. Um, the Second half, we kind of changed up our formation, which seemed strange to me because we were in control of the game. We brought Salmon into kind of more to four four two, and Salmon playing alongside Chris Boyd with McKenzie out wide, and Thistle just came a lot more into the game then, and uh, they probably deserved their goal actually when they when they got it.
0: Just very briefly, just going back to the whole corners thing. This is one of the things that I. You kind of see it a lot when you're watching English football, and you see it to some extent when you're watching Scottish football. When a team can see the goal from a corner, and they're using zonal marking, everyone go. If you had man-to-man marking, you wouldn't get that. This is really interesting. I think this this corner tactic because it completely show it completely validates zonal marking in a sense. Because mm-hmm. if you had people in a zone for this, you wouldn't have the absolute carnage that's caused by everyone running in different directions. Like the ball's coming in, you've got a zone, and if the ball comes to you, you get rid of it. Whereas the man marking there can be. Carnage that completely eliminates people. Sorry, Sorry. Well, I just you, no, no, to you're <laughs> right
3: because it's and one of the least used phrases in Scottish football. I'm just going to use here. You've got to give Lee McCullough credit because <laughs> he's uh, he's clearly seen that the majority of the teams in Scottish football, if not all of them, will use either man marking or a mixture between the two. Mm-hmm. Nobody, I don't, I can't think of any in Scottish football that uses a full zonal marking system. So McCullough's clearly seen that and he's thought, well, there's a way we can take advantage of that. And yeah, it's not actually came out with a goal yet, but. I'm confident it will because we've, uh, if it continues that and as well we we did something in the second half. I think I don't know if the highlights showed it. i have not. I turned off before the highlights of this in sports scene, but um, where Greg Taylor whipped the ball to the back post and Chris Boyd completely lost his man and headed it back across goal and made a really good chance. Yeah. So it's not just the necessarily the Conga line tactic. We've actually got different things from from set pieces and I think it's really interesting to watch because when we've been, it's something that. I've never seen as a Commandment fan necessarily as actually caring about corners or caring about set-pieces, but if that can get you one or two extra goals a season by working on that, then it's definitely worth it.
0: Yeah, and we've kind of... Lewis, Lewis we've, we've spoken about this. Um, teams only really score at like, 2% of corners.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 you'd be surprised how many corners, like, are completely useless. And that, I think the, the topic we were on, because we were talking about how in comparison to other countries, like... Whenever there's a throw in or a corner in, in Scottish football, like the fans will go mental and like th- that really doesn't happen on the continent.
0: You wouldn't want to kill the party. And just go. Oh, by the way, boys, there's yeah, a three percent like, chance. <laughs> <of you going." laughs> yeah. So uh, you know anything that you can kind of see from teams to kind of maximise the opportunity yeah. to score from it is quite an interesting. It's quite an interesting idea, and also for another element of when you're going up against this, if you do, if you are a team at Man marks you have to change your whole defensive
3: in order to uh, to counteract it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. just so going to what Lewis was saying there. Actually, I, uh, a couple of years ago. I went to a game I was in Bilbao and I went to a La, La, La Liga game with Bilbao versus I think it was Valencia but um, in Scottish football if somebody hits a shot for 40 yards and goes flying over the bar there'll be a smattering of applause from the crowd I mean, few, in well, Spanish yeah, football yeah. they literally hiss and boo the players <laughs> for doing that and it's just a complete different different reality of football because one of the Bilbao players hit a shot and it went flying over the crossbar and that is the sort of thing you see in Scottish football and the fans are like oh i lucky, mate. Good try. In Spanish <laughs> football, they were getting the white flags out, like waving them and hissing them. I want, I want them. that and so much. The, the white hankies. hankies yeah. oh, bring that in. But um, just to, to round off this game, the uh, Thistle, after the Thistle goal, they defended a hell of a lot deeper than they did um, in the, at the start of the second half and that really, really brought Kelly back into it. Dumbaya and Elliot were getting forward a lot more at the start of the second half. They created chances. Um, when they sat back, it brought Kelly back into the game. To be fair, Kelly probably should have won it. I don't know what the Chris Boyd goal was ruled off for. Um, mm-hmm. Salmon brought it down and Chris Boyd lashed it in. I don't, I watched that bit back on, on BBC Alba. I don't know, it just seemed to me that there was not a lot in it. Um, but, you know, that's the sort of thing I think. The way we played in the second half will take a point. But, um, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a missed opportunity for Bartek Thistle to cement say they're placing
0: sixth. Yeah, this is this is one of the things I've been kinda of talking about, you know they, they would they would be a they would be a they would be a top four team as Richie four and said if you know these results against Kamarnock and Califistle, these, yeah. these you know, these are two late goals in these games that have really that have really cost them and they'd be they'd be home and host. i I think if, if these results would come in rather than sitting how many points clear? I oh, want a, two, two arm, I mean yeah.
3: Next week, again, again,
0: it's a, it's a, if Manny had you know, should be my uncle, uh, but, but you know, if they could hold on to these games, that, that'd be six points, and that's huge.
3: You know, Next weekend's oh, n- not this, the next uh, game weekend's going to be huge because are be up to Inverness, um, which is a massive game. And normally, I would try and avoid going up. I love Inverness, but normally, I'd avoid that travel. But for this game, I think myself and a lot of Kamala fans are actually going to go up because it's a, basically, I think, if we win that game, we can almost guarantee, given we're going into the the final five fixtures of the league soon that were pretty much safe, so you know it's a huge, huge game. Mm.
0: Callum Scott when he was on he was talking about these, these three games, the the two previous the Ross County Cal uh Park Thistle and Cali Thistle games and you was saying you know, we need something from these games. We've four points in these games. Do you kinda of share that same thing or do you think this is the big one next?
3: Next week's the big one, yeah. 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 Um um as nice as finishing the top six would be for the reason of being able to relax for the end of the season and you know, get the party hats out and just enjoy the <laughs> games for what they are. Um, staying up in the leagues them the, the biggest thing and um, I don't think we'll get top six. I think Patrick Thistle have got too much about them. I think they'll end up getting the top six but if we win against Inverness, Cali Thistle, given the fact that everybody's playing each other down at the bottom, I think if we beat that beat them next weekend it will pretty much guarantee come out of safety because I can't see... I was going the remainder of the season without winning anything or taking any points, and I can't see Inverness and Hamilton both, or even a Motherwell or Ross mm. County, because we'd be then I like, get further three points ahead of them, especially with um, Motherwell going to Ibrox I can't see them picking up so many wins that uh, you know two teams will have to do it to drag Comanet back into it. And yeah, I think it's a, a huge game, and if Comanet pick up three points in that, it's it's pretty much hopefully done for the season. I you,
2: think- oh. I think is one thing
1: that result does is it opens the door a bit for Dundee mm. so hopefully they can bounce from that performance against Celtic and take I still think they could probably nick top six
2: To be fair they've had quite a uh, tough run mm-hmm. wait, haven't they so and I know Comarnock, um, after this game you've got a pretty tough run oh, That's a tough spot Celtic, but yeah. so of
3: Partick they've got Rangers and Celtic uh, I think it's Celtic in the Wednesday Rangers on the Saturday so it's uh,
2: I think out of all the teams when I looked at it because somebody posted it in one of the forums um, mm-hmm. there's the run in and I think Dundee probably had the most favourable yeah. so I still all Dundee, to play for really.
0: Dundee have got from what I can see Aberdeen Ross County Hearts and I think Hamelnakis mm,
2: that's the easiest run of the yeah I'd say so
0: I can't I, I think that's so. I mean, you would fancy them to pick up quite a few points from those games, I would say.
2: I think stay the same. The, the likes of Hearts is, <coughs> on paper obviously looks a bit a tough game, but the way they're playing it now, that, that that could be three points for Dundee. So, yeah.
0: yeah. We kind of spoke about the, the relegation uh, fight. Their mother will are now really in it. Um, they are what, three points off of Cali Thistle um,
2: 57 goals they've conceded this season I, 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 theirs is the <laughs> they've got the, the worst goal difference 57
0: the so they t- should put either they conceded the 2 to Liam Craig and St Johnson. lost 2-1 at home I forget the result in there so <laughs> everyone knows <laughs> <laughs> so yes um, Liam Craig the SPFL star man of the week apparently um, yeah uh, M- Model again we're, we're, <laughs> from what I've seen from the sports scene highlights it looked like a decent showing but they've had decent showings and they haven't really picked up that many points obviously the come game they did pick up points the Aberdeen game was decent didn't pick up anything this game was decent didn't pick up anything they kind of have to start picking up more points now if they want to avoid this don't they
3: if you give Liam Craig Liam Craig I'll repeat that if you give Liam Craig that much time in the area and that much space you deserve to go down that's just yeah it was really really bad defending Um <laughs> I think Motherwell really miss McManus is not as he is the greatest defender in the world but a lot of the Motherwell fans seem to think that without McManus in the team there's no leadership at the back, he organises defence at least drags him into sort of shape whereas Zach Jules I know, scored, I know he scored against Colm but he's he's Scotland under 21 international which is uh, worrying. <laughs> very worrying especially because we don't have any centre-halves whatsoever, it seems we don't have any centre-halves Throughout the the age groups, but um, yeah, it's just mother. I think Tate being out is a massive blow for them going into the the end of the season. He's he really impressed me every time I've seen him play, and I think him being out for the rest of the season's really huge, and they're going to have to rely on McDonald and Molt to put the ball in the net, otherwise, because uh, their defence certainly isn't going to keep
2: keep the opposition out. I think that's a key thing, isn't it? It's defensive way avoided it's just been a complete shambles for them yeah. and this was a really big game for them they had to win this game and um, you do start to worry for them now there is that almost a kind of split between the bottom seven now and we've talked about it before but it, you know, the likes of Ross County and they're not doing anything to, to move off the, the, or, yeah. or to dispel anything of the, of the split you know that's it is worry for Motherwell and it's been a real wretched time of wait for them. Something I think is interesting when you look at the teams that you sell um, Dundee,
3: Partick some and like the t- teams that you look at are supposedly chasing top six. All three of those teams are picking results up from somewhere and um, if they're maybe not losing games but they're drawing games and they're picking up results here and there. Motherwell bar the Kilmarnock result which I think... I, I think was a freak really. A freak yeah. result because Kilmarnock were... The, the much the better team especially in the first half maybe the f- first 50 minutes Motherwell don't seem to be capable of doing that and that's a, that. I think if I was a Motherwell fan that'd be a worry for me because uh, they're better than Hamilton I'll give them that they're they're a much better team than Hamilton I think the election
2: derby is coming up actually uh, I, think I, think that's that's I, I think that's after the Rangers game Motherwell away yeah, to Ibrox that, that's huge Yeah,
0: yeah. Motherwell go to Ibrox and then yes Wednesday by. the 5th of
3: April I'll say that again but I love BT Sport and I don't know if we'll go on to talk about it later. I spoke about it in the last podcast, sorry but this is something that I think annoys me a little bit is that BT Sport don't pick up these games because I would have loved to have seen Inverness County on the telly rather than um, the Aberdeen Hearts Hearts, game we've seen a million times and the Motherwell Motherwell, uh, Hamilton game, I don't know if it is chosen to be the telly but I don't think it will be I'd love to see that game on a Wednesday night. I think you know, under the lights, so much to play for, maybe a couple of points between them that's entertaining for me. I'd much rather see that than Celtic going to don't know for how and you know beating them four mm. nil. That's for a Scottish football fan. Yeah. Thing, like that's I'd certainly rather have seen that, and that's something to hope if BT Sport do come in, they'll they'll be able to focus on a bit more. Sorry, tangent.
0: There. No, no, you're, you're fine. Um, right, okay. So Saint Johnson, we've kind of spoken about this before the f- the importance of this fourth spot. If you know a Premiership team win the Scottish Cup, um, they've overtaken Hearts now. We've spoken of the importance for Hearts about them finishing fourth. How do you see it going? Do you think St Johnson will hold on to fourth or do you think Hearts will get it?
1: It depends what Hearts, if it was the Hearts that played against Rangers and the, the way wee week where they had those two great results or three. I um,
2: think it was a game against Rangers and then Motherwell as well mm-hmm. where they were just outstanding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, just Dis- they dismantled
0: Motherwell but I think a lot of teams are doing that at that
1: mm-hmm. point. Um, but I, I, st- I personally think St Johnson will get fourth. I think they're just they're so so difficult to beat. I like, think they've proven that against most teams this season. Rangers need late goals, Celtic needed a on, Dodgy, <laughs> dodgy penalty. <laughs> got number this yeah. season. <laughs> um I I personally would say St Johnson are the favourites, but I I don't know the run ins off by heart, but I I personally think St Johnson should nick fourth.
0: They've got they've got Hamilton away next. And then I think they've got then they've got Hearts at Home <laughs> the same, yeah. same day as the the Motherwell Ackeys. we've got a huge crunch yeah. kinda, we've got Celtic Thistle oh, Comarnock oh. Rangers Motherwell of and then St. John's and Hearts I think the
3: Comarnock Rangers game's on the TV which is <laughs> <laughs> but I um, this is the day you need the, the sort of thing they've got in Germany with the, the Bundesliga the, the conference we could we just get, get
0: James everything. Richardson and people like that yeah. in, just so we can oh, have the, the hey, SPFL goal show see,
3: this is something that just See, to, to go off, sorry, to, so just to go on a wee tangent here, I was thinking about this the other day. I was speaking to somebody at work about it, and I was talking about the WWE network and how this is what the SBFL should do. We should have our own. Because online, how many people have got. You have the people who'll go and say, um, oh, hi, but who's, who's got the. No, of has got the internet, but how many people have got the internet that don't have Sky? How many? Oh, sorry, how many people have got Sky that don't have the internet? Uh, they've true. they've yeah. all got it, so. If you have a streaming service, I think it was the Eredivisie had it, and it was four hundred seventy thousand subscribers when I looked into it. That was paying twelve euros ninety nine a month. Would probably be as much, if not more, than that in Scotland. And you could do a sort of situation where you had these games on in a sort of conference style. And if there was a big game or a big weekend, you'd be able to tune in, and you'd be able to see the games back, or you know mm. the highlights like you see a James Richardson style show. And there are people who would do that kind of work for very little money just to have the exposure I mean obviously we're at UWS here and if they came here and said oh listen do you want to be in the SPFL TV you know analysing maybe the tactics for example not everybody wants to watch that on sports scene but if you put it if you've got your own dedicated online channel you can put it on not everybody has to watch it and if somebody does what I think there'll be a lot of people that would be interested in looking at tactical analysis of it
2: It actually surprises me that the SPFL have not, at least, put the wheels in motion for some sort of similar thing. You don't need to go fill out and yeah. uh, put all the live games on it because obviously there, there is money involved. That's fair enough. But even to do what the kind of UFC have done and do a kind of slow build Straight to
3: it, thing, yeah.
2: and just maybe have so like the five o'clock games on Alba, let's put them on this SPFL thing. As you said, have highlights on a Saturday, maybe a more convenient time, and build up, and then eventually when your TV highlights not being there till Sunday is just yeah. the worst. That's oh, needs
3: nice so nice to be changed. Is, there's no way that people in Scotland are going to take the Scottish game seriously if our own national broadcaster on BBC One Scotland has the English highlights on on a Saturday night and the Scottish highlights on BBC Two at 6 o'clock and standard definition on a Sunday. On Sunday. Oh. It just makes it look like that is the minor leagues, the English leagues where it's at and if the Scottish game is going to be taken seriously we need to demand it. Demand Placards. If if R- but, I mean Russell, if John Brown, <laughs> get him up to Hamden.
0: If you if you are right about this, if on Wednesday the fifth of April, out of Celtic, Thistle, Comarnock Rangers, Motherwell, Hamilton, and St Johnston Hearts.
2: Yeah, I was about to say that. If you
0: if you are right about
2: that, then that is that is, is some really it is the, poor. I believe it is foresight. The Rangers. Game. That is like by far the worst. Like, no disrespect to the teams, but that's by far the worst gate like, appeal game. <laughs> the, the, or the old the, the old farmer the two just nothing fixtures in, no. even the Celtic one because am I right in saying that is I think
0: they could have won the league by then yeah, yeah so uh, it bit be the
2: first yeah. home game since I, I think if Aberdeen
0: dropped points to Dundee and Celtic won against Hearts
3: you've got to understand the way the TV companies from a couple of good proddy teams playing each other on a, <laughs> on a Wednesday night just a good sash bash and get everybody uh, everybody loving it on the TV that would uh, brown brogues all around but, uh,
0: but it's not no. even like you'd have to move the kick off time Anything if you wanted to choose a different, (laughs) despairing. (laughs) We'll get it. We will get it right one day. No, we won't.
2: There's that's one no
0: chance. You you don't think so. No, no, not
2: with current clowns (laughs) (laughs) and charges. Right. Anyway, can't believe I just used the term sash bash.
0: (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah, not in the stereotypes any good. Um, <laughs> yes, um, we should. We yes, on the sash bash, we should probably move on. Uh, we'll have a look at the championship. Uh, Greenock Morton, the big winners in the championship, with their win against Falkirk. Uh, nobody else in the top four won apart from them, so that moves them into a very, very good position. They're level in points with Falkirk now, forty-eight points. They have two games in hand over Falkirk. Um, they are four points clear of Dundee United. Tom who lost to for Rovers yeah. now you spoke about this on the last podcast about the McKinnon thing and I didn't I, I was listening to the last podcast and went seriously Dundee United fans would want McKinnon out if he loses this and I, yeah I searched the word McKinnon and, and by
1: God yeah they, they were not a big fan it's not quite as fervent as it was for McNamara or Thompson or it is for Thompson even but there is definitely the feeling that it's just another ex player that's come in and to manage us and failed he just seemed he he's quite clearly not brought in enough not enough depth in that squad. It's just shocking the fact we've only got Simon Murray up front, well, and Mickelson um now. Uh, and he's just he, the ta- he wasn't backed financially but the tactics now that, that seems the bigger problem. Playing players like in midfield, which I think he's clicked on, does not work. <laughs> so he's gone he went five at the back against Wraith, who are who were eighth in the league it's just I don't want to sound like an old firm fan but we can't be doing that that's not the way we should be playing I, we should be going to teams and dominating them we've, we've got players capable of doing that like Murdoch and Telfer and for, well Fraser's out injured now but. good bigger boy Charlie Telfer I just put that yeah. in there so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just I think personally I think it's I don't normally I wanted Matt McNamara to stay for a wee bit longer but I think it is time for McKinnon to go do you think, do you think that will happen I don't know if they'll want to pay or sack a manager and pay for it for someone they've paid for. No. Uh, c- considering the c- current financial climate. And where the result happened, I suppose. Yeah. I, they'll give it, they're will give. they not going to sack him this week because they've got the Sean Dillon testimonial, which has seemed a bit harsh. Uh,
0: and then the cup final, I suppose. You yeah. kind of have to, you
1: have to no. let him lead his team out there, I don't you? Yeah. Know. I think he'll get till probably... I think he's got two more league games in him. And if he doesn't pick four points... Maybe six, I think he might go.
0: I mean this is like that, to to me this is a bit mental, but I can kinda you know, it's, this doesn't, you know, this isn't this isn't like some kind of Alex Jones mm. podcast going on here probably <laughs> like, some crazy conspiracy theory, but I'm going this this does seem to be quite, you know quite a commonly held opinion in mm. Dundee United's support that they should just get him out of the way for the playoffs coming mm.
1: up. Yeah, you if the longer you keep him in the bigger uh the
2: bigger chance we'll lose out in the playoffs. So would it actually make a difference though? Because are not the issues at United more to do with how the club is yeah. run as opposed mm-hmm. to the manager? Because nobody's really been able to turn that around the last couple of appointments. Mm, the, the There's the, obviously issues yeah. though, as you say, people mm-hmm. being tossed feel with field. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like are, any sane person would probably realise that's not a good idea.
1: The dynamic does not help McKinnon at all, but I don't think it's de- that detrimental to him that he is... 11 points behind Hibs and going nowhere
3: just like what you're saying there's much of late loose. that was this uh, opinion that Billy Brown was given in Sports Sound about Gary Locke when he was at Kilmarnock <laughs> oh, how was he meant to work in that situation well you know he uh, there's people who have came in at Kilmarnock which is arguably a worse situation than Dundee United yeah there are fans wanting it but the Dundee United oh, obviously maybe you will may to correct me here but the Dundee United fans for a while were behind Thompson, well, yeah. maybe not behind mm-hmm. him, but were, you know, understood what he was trying mm-hmm. to achieve. And it was after, it seemed that after the, certainly from the outside, after the Andy Robertson deals and things like mm-hmm. that had happened, uh, that yeah. they started turning. But Kilmarnock fans have been against Michael Johnson for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And their managers have came in. Kenny Hughes has won a trophy. Mixed with Pat Line got us in the top six. Lee McCulloch and Lee Clark now seem to have built a team that are challenging for the top six and away from the bottom. So how much can you really... Buy into that if if there's a manager that is actually good at what he does, he'll be able to overcome that and build a team that's capable. I mean, mm-hmm. look at Dundee United. They're, what they'll have the second biggest budget in the championship yeah. by far, and they're they're mm-hmm. going to get in the playoffs, but only just. just yeah, yeah, it's just. And they're going to have an. E- the thing, the issue with it is, when they finish fourth, they're going to have an extra game, mm-hmm. an extra two games, sorry, and that that could be detrimental because we saw with last year with Falkirk. When they turned up to play Kilmarnock in that final game of the season, they were knackered. Yeah. And they just couldn't handle the pace that we had in the team. And you see who would maybe finish second bottom. Inverness, Motherwell, mm. Ross County. Probably the three that you'd say are mm. in there. All of them would get pace in the team, especially Motherwell with somebody like Ainsworth off the bench. Mm-hmm. If you've played... How many games would have to play? Six, four, six, six games. Yeah. That the time yeah, that sixth six game comes across, you know... You're really going to be struggling against that pace, and it's it's really detrimental to Dundee um, United's season if finishing in that fourth place. And like you say, I don't watch them every week, but judging by what people are saying, you know, it's it's difficult to see a future for McKinnon,
1: particularly when we've got such a small, small squad, and by with three big injuries or well, two big injuries in Sean Dillon. So I, I see that point. I think that could totally happen to us, but at the end of the day, I do not see us getting that far. Falkirk really? and Morton are better teams
3: even over two legs where you think there's maybe an opportunity for the, the bigger team to I, are we the bigger team got bigger
1: fan bigger stadiums and fans but we don't play like a bigger team at all yeah We're it's
3: interesting just well obviously a Dundee United fan here what it sort of happened with Topi Obadi because what I saw when mm-hmm. obviously he was at Dundee United he seemed very much like what he was at Kilmarnock where he's got a lot of pace no end product mm-hmm. but I thought in the championship he's something you'd be able to maybe bring off the bench and is it Oldham He's went yeah down to. Mm-hmm.
1: I d- I don't understand that because he wasn't great for us. He was but he you could see he, he had, clearly, had something about yeah. Him. He had two three good game really good games where he terrorized feel terrorized Hamill, <laughs> in the south, <laughs> um, and then he's really our only player him and Simon Murray with proper pace but Murray plays down the middle so it's not quite as important and we got rid of him. I think clearly to bring in Mickelson and Nichols on loan. The boy from Barnet. Yeah. It, it just, per, Mickelson's done okay, but Nichols just looks hopeless out of his depth. Really. Mm. I just don't, I don't. That's another reason why McKinnon is getting it at the moment. It just seems like he's got rid of. Okay, it hasn't been great for us, but he did offer something totally different. Right. And brought in just another Van der Velden, and another Scott Fraser, another Blair Spittle.
3: He brought the same kind
2: of player yeah. when they had something a bit different. Mm. They could maybe change the game. Mm. Yeah, but surely that—I mean—I appreciate you call me Billy Brown as well. That's <laughs> but, uh, Slightly better looking than Billy Brown, <laughs> yeah. but surely there is an aspect of because there's no there's a real kind of bad feeling about the club anyway yeah. in terms of the fans and stuff. Yeah. Like it's yeah, as you said. I mean, I didn't realise how bad it was. Mm. However, there's also the aspect of it's. You know, it's a tough kind of working environment there anyway. I mean, it's, it's it never makes things any easier. Yeah.
1: It doesn't help that there is now a split in between the fans because you've got a certain a, a faction of the fans that want fervently want uh, Thompson out the club. They've produced their own scarves and badges and the ban, uh, the leaflets before the Hibs game, uh, which the protest probably failed. And then you've got the ones that are just right. There's no point in this. We need to get behind the team for all its good. saying we want Thompson out. Someone needs to come in, mm. whether that's us the fans. I seen there was something set up today, very just literally today. That's it. There's a a the campaign about. Hopefully, I think that's probably our best bet because for all it is good, get wanting rid of him. Someone does need to come in. It's not like a manager. If we get rid of him, there's always going to be someone. Be it another experienced coach or a bigger name, but we do need someone to come in to replace him.
3: But you hired a bigger name last season, the mix of line and to try and save you. And um, yeah. is it a similar thing that they've set up today? You're saying is it like an escrow account where? Because I know that's something that Kumana fans have been trying to do. It seemed just like
1: there is the now. There's the drive towards because there's never literally before today. There's been nothing towards right fan ownership, but I think today there seems to be a bit of a shift, right? right. We everyone. Well, most people want Thompson out, and the best way to do it would be or buy ourselves, and then if that if we can raise enough money to do it, go from there. We could run the club mm. sufficiently, and then try and get someone else in
0: it's quite I mean it's quite interesting just you were talking about the comparisons between them and Dundee United I was there's part of me that sometimes thinks maybe a club like Kilmarnock they just need to it's equivalent of having like gangrene maybe you just need to cut the limb off and just go through pain but here's Dundee United they have been relegated mm. like you know but I, it's kind of with the Kilmarnock thing I was thinking maybe they just need a good relegation to get in it. Yeah. clean the club out here's Dundee United they have been relegated and it's not clean the club out at all
2: yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a similar situation to Samaritan but isn't it yeah. uh, I, I know it's maybe not as drastic and obviously Samaritan
3: they didn't Samaritan. want necessarily murder um, Gilmore out as much as Gouvernet yeah. fans and Dundee United fans do yeah, but.
2: But, but, but there was also an aspect of Samaritan were absolutely hopeless last season and they've been hopeless this yeah. season as well and there's a, still a chance that they could get relegated whereas obviously Dundee United they're still in with a shot albeit a very small shot and probably unlikely to get promoted but um, yeah I don't know it's just it's not worked out for whatever reason in
1: this. I think that mostly lies the blame for this season well maybe not mostly but uh, you'd say uh, cutting the limb off and getting rid of <laughs> a bit of a bit, a bit, yeah. an extreme analogy yeah. I know but. but getting rid of all the deadwood at the squad which wasn't totally possible because of the lengths and mm. the uh, the likes of contracts Matt gave to certain players like Donaldson, and even Henry Ania, we had to pay off. He, his signing on fee was a house in Edinburgh oh, for a club in, for a club in Dundee. It's just I just could not believe it. Two grand a week he was on as well. Muirhead was on two grand. A lot, a lot of players that didn't do a lot were on big wages. That and you can get rid of some of them, but you can't get rid of all of them. Yeah, if
0: they make up the majority of the squad, mm-hmm. then there is a bit of a problem. Um, Yes, Dundee United sitting fourth at the moment I kind of, I do want to do something bigger to do with Morton this season I'm going to try and have a look there because it has been an absolutely incredible season for really? them I would not have, at the start of the season I would not have placed them sitting third with a really, really good chance of going second And I mean, they've got a game in hand on Hibs they could make up ground on Hibs they'd be four points behind Hibs if they win that game in yeah. hand Incredible, incredible season! I mean, yeah. Fantastic from them, and the game on Alba was was great for them. Sorry, Lewis
2: Yeah, just on that game on in Alba. Um, interestingly, nobody predicted the Morton win. Everyone said that Falkirk would win, or it would be a draw, hmm. which I find really interesting. But I mean, I was quite confident Falkirk were going to win beforehand. I thought, right, this is the sort of game where Morton will slip up. Slip up, they're not good enough to to beat Falkirk away the, the from home. Falkirk kind home. of have been there, done it. Will, yeah, they'll they'll come into their own. They'll win this comfortably It'll be two nil. It just wasn't the case oh. at all I mean what, what absolutely the, excellent. the way they
0: did it as well it was a kind of that a kind of stereotypical hold on hold on hold on and then bang there yeah. you go 10 minutes to go there's a goal <laughs> Aye, so yeah at the top of the table at the bottom of the table uh, Jesus <laughs> Air United winning away to Dunfermline um, I don't know if anybody's seen the highlights of that that is that is something special <laughs> the hold on there is it's one of the it's one of the greatest things I've seen just Dunfermline just just sieging that Air United goal and just getting absolutely nothing from it. Uh, St marin's 2 nothing win at Queen of the South and, yeah, Race Rovers win against United all kind of keeps them within each other. <laughs> like this, though, cause... this is going to be the weekend you're thinking, mm. I remember hearing, you know, oh, St Mirren's 2-0, I'm not gonna, that'll, that'll pull them away from Air United. Nah. <laughs>
2: yeah, if I think that's what the question was, is can this be the weekend where they finally get off the, the, spot. the bottom spot? But, um, I mean, have played the Thurman like twenty times in the last year. I think um, <laughs> I've been uh, too many of those those games between those no. teams. But uh, I I think maybe maybe it is that kind of familiarity because they have played each other yeah. a lot of times and they uh, they almost have the number and they know how to play against them. Yeah. And I think if you're asking Air who they want this weekend, who can maybe get something out or grind something out of, I think maybe that's. That, that this game could have been it um, and it was it I suppose yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you must be raging
3: though if you're a, say a St Mirren fan or any of the any United floor. fan or, or any or even ra- the bottom right going to Easter Road and getting a point point. You you've lost ground so like, so you leave the game and you're like oh, this is brilliant let's go check the score what? <laughs> how? <laughs> really? St Mirren A United won as well oh come on like it's the bottom they talk about the the bottom of the Scottish Premiership but the bottom of the Scottish Championships mm. far more entertaining for me because <laughs> there's Scott it's it's just all of a sudden they lo- every team loses every weekend and then the next weekend not one gets <laughs> taken forward. They uh, all win. Uh, it's just uh, it's it's brilliant.
0: I've been like I have watched a bit of Summer in this season. I have seen some fair and like the games have just been they have just been fantastic from a neutral point of view. I I have like just I would not want to support any one of these teams at the moment because yeah. it must just be st- torture At the, m- at, at the moment. A <laughs> Celtic fan says I would not like to <laughs> support any of these teams at the moment, at the moment. ever.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, I kind of missed the whole 90s thing when <laughs> I probably, probably would want to support them. Um, I'm trying to think what else we've got to touch on in the Championship. I suppose a fantastic result for Dunbar and Christian Nadi scoring at Easter Roads getting oh. getting a 2 each draw. That was just... Oh. What more can you ask for? Just typical Hibs as well. <laughs> <laughs> just I seen that like home to Nadi when he hasn't I mean, he's, he's still going man Like, he's
2: oh yeah but there's not. He, he seems to have, have Hibbs' number he always seems no. to score against them um, I wonder why that'll be but um, no nah, I mean from Hibbs' point of view they're coming off of beating the United you're thinking right here we go this will be them they'll, they'll go to mm. second gear now or, or whatever, <laughs> whatever I gear, uh, top, top uh, gear you yeah. um, and they'll just kind of stroke the title and not nope, drew to each with the Barton <laughs> Uh,
0: yeah so I think that I I should rounds off our kind of championship chat um, League 1 this has been called the best league in the world 4 goals
2: yeah and also it was 0-0 in all the games at half time <laughs> which I, I couldn't believe like, when I looked at it I thought like, surely that's a, there's something on the map because, <laughs> and, and these, these scores haven't been updated or something
0: so, yeah, Airdrie um, Onines and Livingston, the big and only winners of the weekend. Uh, one each wins for them. Livingston away to Stranra and Airdrie Onines home to Stenhouse-Muir. <laughs> um, Albion Rovers drawing a Peterhead ahead. East Fife drawing with Alaba, And the high scoring game, Queen's Park against Brecon, one each. Um, there's not there's not really that much movement in the table, I suppose. Airdrie are closer to Brecon now. Obviously with the, there only been two wins in the whole division there isn't much movement but I suppose Adrian is a closer, it's a tough one for Stenhouse Muir isn't it?
2: Um, I think I fancied Stenhouse Muir to get a result here um, and they, they played quite well against Airdrie and Erdry are very erratic but um, especially on a Saturday when they're the director of football isn't there? <laughs> He's, He's in the Clyde, in Super, the Clyde, Super, Clyde Super, Super, Super Scoreboard, scoreboard studio, studio yeah by the way if anybody's
0: looking for a spirit director of football I'm free like, I can do it <laughs> while I'm doing the podcast
2: yeah I think for Stennis Muir this was a big one this week but saying that it's not anyone's really capitalised to no, much dude, of an extent I'll I think I've yeah, I mean, I mean, got a point ahead
3: of them so yeah do we have a list of, of the games that are on tonight Livingston
0: there are games that are on tonight and uh, uh, we'll you, you'll know you'll know what the games were and the results probably better than me uh, as I'm talking right now by the time you're listening to it
3: I think Livingston um, I was going to say Livingston Airdrie <laughs> might be a game tonight which could be quite a big game for, for Airdrie this could be. It. let's hold
0: on let's go to we've got Breakin Alwa Livingston Stenhouse Muir
2: I think one of the games is postponed
0: yes uh, I'm going to say, I mean, gonna say the Breakin is Breakin- postponed, postponed. <laughs> Again, you're listening to this. You will know better than us. I know <laughs> <the> results. <laughs> they also know how those games went. Uh, yeah, no, probably. Aye, <laughs> nil <laughs> right, or one each or one nil. Right. Um, so, yeah, we'll have we'll go into we'll go into we'll league two. Now, Lewis, you oh. got to see one of the great substitutions in Scottish football.
2: Oh yeah, that yeah. Um, Derek Rhydwen came off for Craig beat you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, just at the time, I just thought like... But it was a kind of weird, kind of deja vu type moment of me, kind of, my kind of formative years watching the Striking Celtic team uh, when we had... Yeah, 2006-7. Uh, like, 2000, tri- yeah. When, when B.E. was still kind of knocking about and then then came into the picture. Um, yeah, it, it was, I mean, in terms of the actual game, the I, I couldn't believe... Clyde's 3-1 win, 100%. Yeah, I couldn't believe that Clyde had came back because the first half they were... absolutely desperate and Edinburgh were grinding out and just playing the usual way they they play and um, it was such a surprise in the second half to see Clyde get those three goals but I mean based just solely in the second half they more than deserved the win they were absolutely excellent Um, and all credit to JP McGovern and um, Pizzo who actually scored two (laughs) goals as well Uh, but yeah they were really really good Um, Edinburgh manager Gary Jardine was Agent, like full time, right. he was not happy at all with how the team responded. He was always kind of thinking, you know, if we put out that, we'll go down, even though Kevin and Beef mm. lost um, 2 nothing to Montrose, yeah, which was a big one, I think. Oh. But neither managers wanted to or did to even know the yeah. results, <laughs> which was quite bizarre, but yeah,
0: yeah, so Clyde 3 1. Win against Edinburgh City. beef lost two nothing at home to Montrose. Oh, can I
3: just the laugh at Gary Locke for a minute? That's just the man of
0: steel. Is it's crumbling.
3: Uh, some, just the one thing I'll point out here: that uh, there's a guy that plays for beef now, Dale Carrick. We all well, say no Dale Carrick, and Gary Locke gave him a three-year deal. at command look. He's now the manager of him at Counting beef the,
2: the, the, the funny thing is, is the, that, the uh, funny who say, thing.
3: Who says Scottish football is unpredictable? <laughs> Sometimes it. The managers end up exactly where they belong and soon enough, Gary Locke will be the muscle athletic manager and <laughs> everything will be right in Scottish football game.
2: See, when I was up at Cowdenbeathel in the season, I caught a glimpse of Dale Carrick in the wee sweets with, uh, with a few crutches. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. That, that, that was just my that's, Dale, that's Carrick a, Dale Carrick story. Carrick
3: story. Uh, I think those I crutches <laughs> are like superimposed onto his arms. <laughs> <fair>. Probably even <laughs> when he's warming up, he has to deal with those because he's just constantly injured but, hey
0: the story from League 2 though is we have a title race we definitely have a title race now because our both win against Berwick Rangers moves them within a point of Forfar.
2: it doesn't surprise me because our Broth are I'd probably say are one of the better teams in that league and they seem to be very consistent as well which is something you can't really say for a lot of the teams there Um, especially at home actually I think they've got a really good home record uh and again some very good players on the team. Bobby Lynn obviously is the is a standout. Johnny's actually seen them this year. Um, I've not seen it our but um certainly by all accounts they're a really, really solid team and very difficult to beat, although I think you know Beric and Anon at the moment seem to be the teams to, to play because everyone seems to be getting results <laughs> off them.
3: Look at the goal difference as well, Arbroath's plus um plus twenty four, whereas Fourfort at the top of league only plus eighteen. So it's based a point. A point, there. a point in yeah. it and so that that could really it could come down to it where it's just that point and it goes down to goal difference. And are both, even an Elgin, uh, obviously Elgin probably won't challenge for the title, but their goal difference is, is much superior to, to Forfars and our both. So mm-hmm. it's uh,
2: it's probably just down
3: solely to Shane's other ones. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> and
0: uh, yeah, the last result in League Two to go over, Still and Albion beaten Annan 1 0. So I suppose that kind of. I puts a wee bit of pressure on Annen to hold on to that fourth spot, kind of going into
2: the final run of games. But I think Still on them were an absolute tear recently, if I'm mm. right. Like oh, they've, won, they've won the last five. Yeah, they've been excellent, and it's kind of came from nowhere, although... I mean, Annen
0: were on a good run of form going into that yeah. game as well. well
2: yeah, I suppose.
3: It's <laughs> both but really well for Mackay's managerial future, because he's, he's clearly bedding, in, bedding himself in at the bottom of the... Obviously, the bottom of Scottish football, and and like. Other people who have managed that level after coming from <laughs> professional football, um, right, he's actually doing quite well. <laughs> I,
2: I, I was—he didn't really start that well, though. If I'm right in saying, I think he it was a dodgy wee s- first few games, and he's you know, slowly came into his own. And i they been on an absolute tear. And wouldn't—I think we talked about it on the last podcast in regards to playoffs. I mean, is it a wee bit too far off for them? I don't know, but I think. For, Going the way they're going the now, then I'd see no reason why. He's, managed to, he's managed to sign a guy who was it a year and
3: a bit ago was playing in the English Championship with Preston. That and was Andy Little.
2: Aye, uh, yeah. Yeah. Angels,
3: he's a, he's he's managed to sign him, and he's got Fraser Wrights down there, and a couple of other guys. So it's an experienced team and. I think it a little too good to be playing in the Scottish League too oh, yeah, us be honest I'm probably thinking
0: he's an internationalist Yeah, you know? yeah. He's he's yeah. yeah.
3: he was on Sportsound uh, last week talking about it and he says that at the moment he's building his fitness up and he doesn't feel he's ready for a full time club and uh, he's far too good for that level and I think he's maybe from what I've seen on the forums and things like that he's been playing kind of in behind so he's maybe a little bit be able to dictate play and with a player of that class at that level he'll you know, he'll do well
0: yeah um, so that kind of that kind of rounds off the results of the weekend. Um, we're going to have a look forward to the Canada Scotland Canada game. Look forward. Look forward, in in one sense of the word, not not that sense of the word. <laughs> um, yeah, not many people are looking forward to this. Uh, Five thousand tickets sold is, is the rumor that's going around for this at Easter Road. Twenty thousand seat stadium, 5,000. Yeah, what, but, A quarter full I'll, yeah, I'll just keep going through the It's quite funny Because it
2: obviously had, had moved the game From Hamden To Easter road In order to make it A bit more intimidating <laughs> And uh, guarantee That you get a, a decent number in here And nope Still going to We'll be less full Than uh, any Pimps game this season The appetite
0: for the Scotland squad Clearly the same Any coast Anywhere <laughs> There's none <laughs> uh, But as <laughs> Do you, think this is, do you think this is like justified? Or do you think this is the fact? Do you think this is a case of the team being not too exciting? Because we have there are I think there are exciting players in that Scotland squad, but we're it's twenty two. It's twenty two quid for a midweek friendly
3: to see we're playing the hundred seventeenth team in the world with Marcus Haber up front. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: but it's not even just that though. Like there is a complete apathy towards the national team from a lot of kind of long time fans. Mm. We we're talking about it. Um, just in general, Kelly Cow, I don't think is going to the Slovenia mm. game. I, I know one person that's going to the Slovenia I, game. I would like, normally go to well, but I'm not going either. Like, people who would normally go every game or every home game at least just aren't aren't interested in this, and it's it's so, some somewhat sad, but it's you know it's almost I think it's a um, it's almost a protest in a way at how you know people just mm. the fans aren't really been listening been listened to at the moment because, you know, it's ridiculous we're in a situation where we're going to speak out, I suppose, in the Friday show, but Strachan's talking about how this game's a a must win and stuff like the must win they're with Smithmania we, we already We already, we already we fucked that up, so like yeah, I don't know.
3: They uh, I've just moved house and um I moved to a wee village in Ayrshire, and they, you know how around Scotland they've been spray that this time. Yes, thing. I still have yeah, I've, I've got it in train uh, station, I still got yeah, it in the yeah, train yeah. station. Yeah. Um, the one in New Milnes where I've moved to, uh, somebody's scored out this and put next and a question mark after. It. <laughs> so, which <laughs> so uh, these clearly uh, an angry Scotland?
0: Fan oh, that's actually
2: really in the valleys, sad. <laughs> into um, But there's. Fair play
0: to it. the commitment for that, because I mean the the marketing was just. I this is a don't worry guys yeah this time we've got it and the marketing for this game coming up is come with the other come with the fans mm. and if it's going to be if he's still <sighs> going to be a quarter a bit, full then
3: you talk about uh, marketing there's actually a really good thing I don't know if you saw it on Twitter today where tenants put on and it's the vital statistics the, for Scotland and the Canada, Canada. Stuff, yeah, they, do, they, right, they yeah. do really really well and it says it, the yeah. population obviously 5.2 million to Canada 35.2 million, national emblem, thistle maple leaf, national sport, Scotland tennis, <laughs> uh, Canada ice hockey, climate cold and wet for Scotland, Canada bloody cold and wet um, friendly neighbours Scotland nil, no. Canada nil no. <laughs> <laughs> Quite a quite a good thing. So they've put tenants have put that into it. They're clearly obviously having a laugh about the game because uh, nobody's really taking it too seriously.
2: It's but again, like even the you uh, talk about the marketing of it. Like even the people marketing it know that nobody's really interested in this at it's, all. Like nobody's going to turn it, up. It's that's be why one, one of the
0: most difficult jobs in the world at the moment is working yeah. for the SFA
2: in the marketing department. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> it's not the they're, they're, they're team Shite, like. Yeah, they're <laughs> trying, but it's, it's it's again, it's that thing of. This time thing, thing is like as much as it was. But what's that feeling going into that game after that Malta game? I thought we
0: could we could do yeah,
2: this. I mean, it's not a bad marketing thing, but it is one of those ones where you're putting your neck in the line and if if it, it doesn't, doesn't work. It doesn't work yeah. out, You <laughs> get egg in your yeah. face, and again, this is exactly the same thing. Whereas it's you know turn up, show turn up and support the team, and I guarantee you there'll be like what five thousand on the Wednesday, and yeah, so there'll be they will be so a, be a seven, really
3: 6,000, seven thousand
2: maximum there'll be a really really low crowd on the Sunday right. as well it will be pretty I'd abysmal
0: I had to look at the I mean we talked about this I had to look at the tickets I think it's East Stand is like 30 quid or
2: something like that it's 30 quid and the kind of cheaper sections uh, of, and again. it was 40 quid yeah. and I uh, feel like main stand and stuff like that yeah, so, uh, right so aye nobody's right. really taking this one
0: seriously so I suppose we should probably go through how we think How we, well how would we want the teams to line up and then how we actually think they will line up for the Canada game because we'll leave we'll leave the Slovenia game. We need we need something to mull over them during the week <laughs> to get depressed depending of the uh, on the result, right? Yes. So Lewis, we'll start with you. What, what would you like to see in the Scotland team?
2: Um, I kind of just went. I, I, I wasn't in the way really that invested, but I. <laughs> um... What after that chat there? Yeah. Like uh, so Craig Gordon and Nets. I see no reason why he shouldn't other than the fact that he doesn't really play for Scotland anymore. Um, but based on kind of forum and stuff, I, I think he's certainly done a lot better than the other two, Marshall and McGregor. Um, right back, I've put Martin. I think he's played there a few times before. He's the only right back that you've got. Yeah, he's the only guy that I think would do an OK job there. Uh, I don't, want Anya, right I really don't <laughs> want Anya at right back. I really don't want Anya at right back. I put uh, Cooper and Berra. Uh, certainly Cooper and, uh, has uh, came in for a lot of... Uh, Praises recently for his performances, so I put him there. And uh, anything's better than the usual kind of crap that we get at centre back. I think so it's worth a it's worth a a wee chance. Put him in there. Berra as well. Um, not again. No idea how he's doing. But, um, I, I, if it was me, I'd, I'd pick him in there as partner. Tierney left back again, no brainer. I, I know people some people may have Robertson there, but. Um, I I see no reason why Tierney shouldn't be in that squad I, I think he has I think defensively he's a lot better than Robertson but um, obviously I don't watch Robertson either so there's that <laughs> I, went for, I went for a four five one by the way I should maybe I prefaced that before I was going on my team uh, right mid, Burke um, uh, three centre mids of Brown uh, and Kearney either side of Armstrong uh, left mid with Fraser uh, which might surprise a few folk but I think for a Canada game might as well just see what he's got uh, and up front on his own Griffiths. Who again not been on great form of late, which mm. but I, I, I don't want to put Martin in there. So uh,
0: just very quickly before we move on to you guys, I, we we put this out to the listeners, uh the question was what what would your Scotland line up for the Canada game be? And uh, St Patrick's Day has gotten in touch with us and he said his line up would be striking his backroom staff and the SFA lined up against the wall. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> that opinion does not reflect the views of the Podcast. Yes, <laughs> does is it? St Patrick's day. it <laughs> uh, well, does definitely. Does.
2: Does. <laughs> we endorse this <us> wholeheartedly. <laughs> we are all Saint Patrick's we day.
0: Wholeheartedly <laughs> <laughs> endorse this event or product. Ah, yes. Uh, so yeah, that was the only real response we got to the to the lineup. Russell, your your lineup. How would you how would you go into this game?
3: Um, I've pretty much kept it as much as I would uh, the team I would go with against Slovenia with one or two one slight change really uh, Gordon in Goals as well I think he's the best goalkeeper at three so you've got to play your best goalkeeper um, I'd keep the back four how I think the back four will line up against Slovenia um, Martin at right back Berra Mulgrew and Tierney that's how I think we'll line up at the back four against Slovenia Mulgrew. so you want that team to that back four to play against each other I, th- I think Mulgrew will play he's been playing regularly uh, Blackburn at centre half
2: um, I don't think it's a horrendous idea and I know people Oh, people kind uh, of, people, people, kinda, about it, yeah. people kinda, uh, maybe about kind of have kind of preconceptions about Mulgrew. But at centre half, I thought he was yeah. Champions, League, Champions he was always very good. Yeah, <laughs>
3: well, that's how. I th- that's how I think the defence will line up, and I think you'd want to keep that defence and give them ninety minutes playing together, or at least sixty, seventy minutes, so they get a little bit of cohesion going into the game. The midfield, I would have is Burke on the right, uh, Brown and Fletcher sitting a little bit deeper. Uh, with Kearney in with, uh, Kearney just in behind the striker with Robertson on the left um, I think that's probably how we'll go against Slovenia uh, having the two, because Robertson's much better going forward than he is defensively as Lewis was just saying um, and I think we'll do that to try and negate Slovenia's right flank and again you want Tierney and Robertson, they can overlap each other as well going forward so that's as a good option, I think I'd like Stuart Armstrong to start against Slovenia but for this game I'd have Kearney in behind and I'd, I think Naismith will start up front again on Sunday so I'll have Naismith up front on his own because I think he that's his best position where he's able to hold the ball up and bring others into play a bit like what Strachan likes Fletcher to do I think Naismith actually actually really good in the air for a, a guy of his height and I think he leads the line really well because I think we'll be sitting on Sunday we'll be sitting back a lot and we'll be trying to soak in pressure and hitting the counter and you've got somebody like Naismith there he can, uh, he can do that
1: Tom how would you how would you line up I've gone down a totally different route here. <laughs> I, I'm of the belief that if you've picked a what was it, 30-man squad originally, I think you should be using as many of them as possible. Gary <laughs> Kenner. Yeah. Gaz. <laughs> Gaz. <Guys. Guys. Guys. laughs> yeah. I, I don't agree with having McGregor in the squad in the first place, or Marshall. I would like to have seen players playing, but I've gone for McGregor in the goal.
0: Good stuff, right. So you've got... <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't agree with this, yeah. but
1: yeah. this is how it's going to be. Right. Okay, uh, uh, Craig Samson and goals. <laughs> <laughs> Another one I don't agree with being in the squad necessarily, uh, but is starting in this game is <laughs> Aketjania. Ak- 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 yeah. <laughs> yep. Right. Um, Christoph Baron Cooper. I like that partnership. Mm-hmm. Tierney at left back purely because I'd have Robertson against Lavinia. Now the midfield because Fletcher. <laughs> What is that? Field? <laughs> because Fletcher and Stuart Armstrong have been wrapped wrapped in cotton wool, apparently, by tracking for Sunday's game. I don't think either will play, so I've gone Bannon and McGinn. Good, good. I, I'm I'm confident McGinn's going to start because it's at Easter Road, ah. and that could potentially be a way to sell tickets.
3: mine um, when they started in black. I,
1: I, I was <laughs> going to say, do you think of Wallace starts <laughs> the <not, did. laughs> Hibs fans at the game will start <laughs> Um and then I've gone for quite an exciting uh, three in behind Griffiths up front. I've gone Tom Kearney on the right, Burke down the middle, Fraser on the left. I think Kearney's best position is on the right, cutting in on a strong left foot. That's, I think that's a strong team. I don't think Canada are that good, so I think it could dominate the game, hopefully. And Griffiths up front as
3: well. Yeah, Gr- yeah Griffiths <laughs> up front. Good stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan of that team. I'd want to see that line uh, starting. I could go one of two ways, I think.
3: Go one of one way. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah <laughs> that, that team is the most yeah. one-way
0: street team I've seen in the long <laughs> just,
1: just something quickly about the Canada team. Uh, they've left Kyle Lahren, the uh, MLS striker, I can't remember who he plays for now, um, Orlando City, out of their squad, who's apparently their best striker. Just a, well, Marcus Abel's yeah. not their best striker. No.
3: Junior Hoyot or something. I I don't watch much of English football, just say just the championship highlights that are on. Channel 5 but Hoyle on Saturday I think he scored and set up too Oof. he looked rapid <laughs> which is good going up against better. going up against like no
2: right back and Berra <laughs> <laughs> and Mulgrove <laughs> right. um, yeah um, I, we
0: should go through my team but we've we're basically running out of time so basically I'll just say it has a few left-backs in it so that's all you want
3: that's <laughs> all you need
0: that's all you need um, we should go to questions because we did ask for questions um, Ryan Crombie asking um, is the friendly against Canada just a money-making exercise for the SFA 22 quid a ticket
3: 5,000 tickets yeah. I mean it, great, it, would, it would
0: have it would have been a money-making exercise if people had bought
2: <laughs> tickets Pro- I mean probably but uh, well I mean unless yeah. the SFA kind of thought nobody really gives a shit about this game and we'll just put the prices at a really obscene level and or could this, the diehards will pay it or could this be like
0: you know a good conspiracy theory of just like oh well we can just have all the games at Hamden now so we can pay off Queen's Park because oh we tried giving these coaster a game but nobody turned up to it or something
2: <laughs> maybe actually <that's what laughs>
0: Matt Finley asking a similar question does the lack of sales for both games show that the national team has lost support for Tartan Army yeah. probably yeah, yeah aye
2: yes Yes. Yeah, right, there you go. Rightfully
0: so. Right, Callum Scott, here we go. This is this is the one. Um discuss Andy McLaren's comments about football becoming a middle yeah. class in sport endeavour. Um excellent interview. Um it was it was incredibly interesting, I thought. Um
3: I'd read his book actually, because um, mm-hmm. obviously he's like ex Kelly player, uh did really well, Kamarnock, um Tom have read as well, ex Stun United obviously player as well. Uh I thought his book was excellent. I was glad he didn't mention my favourite bit of the book on it when he first signed for Komarnuk, Um obviously he just came out of rehab uh, for drinking drug problems and in his first day at pre-season, Kelly had been in for a couple of days already and uh, we obviously had Ali McCoy, the ninja and Girant, and um, his first day at training he walked in and Ali McCoy, the ninja had left a 12 pack of tenants on his uh, seat in the Good dressing room stuff. and uh, he wrote about it in his book saying whilst it might seem harsh on the outside he was worried that the way the whole squad would react to him, yeah. and that just broke down the barriers. Nobody was thinking, oh Christ, there's that that alcoholic of that. That just yeah. broke down the barriers, and he just, he had a laugh about it and everything else. So, uh, but yeah, it was a, uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> Ali McCoy's for you, I guess, but there's a, yeah, it was a really good interview, and with regards to what Calum Scott said, that football is definitely a common middle-class sport. I play football uh, once a week, and it's it's a fortune to play, mm-hmm. and um, kids, especially in deprived areas like Andy McLaren said, they can't afford it, and what he's doing is fantastic work, and I hope he keeps up.
2: Yeah, he's a just kind of add on on your point. He's a he's a great speaker, and he, yeah. I don't know if he came to your school because he comes to he goes to all of the schools. I, he went to my school anyway, and he was. I'm, I'm
0: rugby country. We, we uh, banned we banned this, <laughs> yeah. of course. Yeah. I'm nah. dirty, I
2: was
3: still he was still playing when I was
2: at school. <laughs> so, uh. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, um, good old Holy Cross with uh, Paul Hartley, McManus, and Hartley. We. we Still bring through the working class youngsters and <laughs> uh, make sure they play for Celtic. But um, yeah, no, he's yeah, um, really a really interesting guy. A great interview and uh, yeah, just kind of advise folk if you haven't listened to uh, give it a listen. And uh, yeah, again, echo exactly what he was saying. I think it is football is definitely turning into another class sport, which is really sad given the kind of uh, roots of football and the whole history of football no, as well,
0: especially the kind of you know kind of. The kind of the whole kind of fifties into eighties kind of Scottish socialism football well, element has kind of I, I, gone completely from. Well, it? Hasn't well, like, like
2: Scotland it? football. Well, not even like its best players. Like Scottish football's greatest kind of figures, your Steens mm-hmm. and your Shackleys and your Busby's, they all came from working class areas. They all came from they, they were escaping, uh, you know, mining towns and stuff like that. Like uh, and, and football was wasn't it an escape route? So it's mm-hmm. quite sad where now football. Because it's so expensive, it is difficult to make a career, and it's not even just the. You were talking about um, um, how expensive it is. You know, the way week can week out, like if you're traveling up and down the country, and you know you're a boys' club or whatever, it's, it, it, it takes its toll, and it's a lot of money, and it's a lot of investment for um, a family to make. If you know to, to put all that investment and that money into something that might not pan out for you, so there does need to be some sort of support. There, I think, from the SFA, SFA can kind of need to look into it, and the government as well don't do nearly enough for football. Uh, given that uh, as the national sport, what well, definitely. I wonder how much more.
0: football also makes, like, generates oh, money-wise
2: yeah. for this country.
3: Yeah. Just... I was actually doing some research um, about Kilmarnock when their teams from the 1920s and 30s won the Scottish Cup, and um, they actually the players in the team that won the Scottish Cup against Albion Rovers um, at Hamden um, the next day, the players couldn't come into training because they were going to the National Workers' Strike with the National Socialist Party. Put the Labor, Socialist Labour Party had put on in George Square and uh, the players had to miss training the next day and they couldn't do the full celebrations because the majority of them were at the the Workers' Strike in George Square in Glasgow. There's, so something,
0: there's something quite sad, but there's something absolutely class about that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and finally, Sam Arbuckle asking us, who do you like better, me or the snowman? Oh, God. I think I have to say Sam since I had the dramatic reading of him. But, I mean, I mean, the snowman's vendetta against tracking is just one... And Gary Locke and everything is...
2: It's like th- choosing
0: between your favourite children, isn't it? <laughs> yeah,
2: it is, it is actually. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I can pick between them. Uh, so I'm just going to talk both of them up. Um, I think, like, snowman I love because, like... Uh, there was even that thing where was it the Striking thing. Um, right there's some article about Strachan saying it's a must-win game and the first is Snowman like having a go at it. It's brilliant. I love the kind of
0: no. It was uh, t- t- uh, Gordon Strachan. I might name Scotland team early to draw in fans and these. Was <laughs> his resignation would <was> like. like
2: <laughs> <laughs> I actually. Um, and, and by the way, Sam's questions are always like uh, brilliant, top, like top, top notch, notch, Yeah,
3: I've never met the Snowman in person, um, but I've met his brother. And I was in the pub with him Ooh. and. Uh, had a good couple of pints with the snowman's younger brother, and he, he's a good guy. And uh, so, if his brother's in to go by, then the snowman should be a, a good guy. Hi, snowman. Send us a, my DMs at home, babe. <laughs> <laughs> right, I think. Actually, wait, wait, wait. I've oh, just no, no, remembered... no, Russell, on you go. No, I've just remembered the snowman said that if I wanted to come over for WrestleMania this year, because it's in Orlando, I could stay at his house. <sighs> and it's two weeks away, so see if I go on kayak and uh, cook some flights. <laughs> Let us know, snowman. <laughs> I might pop over for a, a late minute WrestleMania trip if I've got the spear remote. Sorry, I just remembered that there when you mentioned this, no man. That was a year ago you mentioned that. <laughs> there
0: we go. Right, okay, so good. The Burst Ball podcast bringing people together I guess that, for for wrestling. Uh, right, okay, yeah, very quickly, I should mention the Burst website where we are looking for writers. It's been lying dormant for far too long, so you'll hear. Well, you'll hear. We, we are looking for people to write for it, so please get in touch if we want to hear what you've got to say about Scottish football, and yeah, I'll have something up there about um, EU players and their contribution towards Scottish football at some point over the next few weeks, because I was speaking to Tony Fitzpatrick and his kind of relationships that Scotland's had with the EU and its players, and obviously we're going to be leaving, so it's going to be an interesting one. So yes, if you do want to write stuff about Scottish football, please get in touch, and we'll get your stuff up on the website. I think that's I think that's us. Um, we'll have a show later on this week, hopefully something a bit different, a bit special, but um... Lewis, a pleasure as always. A pleasure as always, Gamba. Tom, thank you very much. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And Russell, good to see you back. I'm trying to think of another movie that we could reference as a crossover, but
3: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I can't I'm done. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Right, yes, we will we will speak to you later on this week and Yeah, hear from us then. Goodbye.